Technology is an integral part of our lives. We use it every day, and it extends our access to information through things we can't even see. With technology surrounding us and growing at such a fast rate, knowledge of how to use this resource and stay safe in the meantime is imperative. Welcome to CyberSafe News and Views, where we answer questions and share information to keep you in the know and cyber safe. Hello and welcome to CyberSafe News and Views. My name is Lee and I'll be your guide. I've spent over 30 years in IT. I've seen many good and many bad decisions. So I decided to start a podcast to help you and your small business avoid the IT potholes that are out there. We focus on topics that impact small businesses, so we may not talk about everything in the news, but we will talk about things that apply to small businesses and individuals in general. Too many cybersecurity podcasts focus on enterprise problems or enterprise software. Problems in software that just don't apply to small businesses in general. So I will always try to keep this information relevant. Let's get started. This week in IT news, do you use Vimeo, GitHub, GitLab? Well, hackers have successfully pushed malware payloads to these sites. This means that anyone downloading from these sites could be impacted. This one isn't fully figured out yet, so come back for more information as we learn more. In the every, everything is connected department, a hospital in Chicago experienced a cybersecurity event, quote unquote, which led to phone and internet problems. Events like these frequently prevent pro- hospitals from being able to treat patients. And lastly, in the news column uh, for this week, the city of Germantown, Tennessee was and is experiencing a malicious cybersecurity event, quote unquote. They said that 911 services were still online and that uh, it was being investigated by the FBI. My point to these three articles is they all involve companies that had people, a plan, and a budget, and they are were still hacked or compromised. Now, what are the ways you can be hacked? Well, there are a number that apply to small businesses, and we will cover them in another video, so stay tuned. Now for a video piece on how to make sure the computer that you're looking at is the one you need. There are plenty of sites that will sell used or new computers with old computer components. Take a listen to this one. One question that is commonly asked is what is a good computer? Well, it's not a simple answer. There are several other things to consider when you are looking at what is a good computer for you. You need to consider who's using the computer, what's the intended purpose of the computer, where will the computer be used, what is the budget of the computer, beginning to sound like a lot of those questions you had to consider when writing a paper in school. Most importantly, you have to determine what you need from the computer, whether you're a student or whether you're a business professional. You have different needs for the computer. You need to consider features that match your needs for the computer. 
Some of the factors you might want to consider are, well, performance, storage, graphics processing unit, display, connectivity, build quality, operating system, upgradability, and battery life. Whew, simple, right? Finally, remember to compare options. Look at different options and compare to see what would be the best fit for you. There are many different sizes and portability options available and choose the option that best fits what your needs are. Okay, maybe not so simple, but that's why we're here. Let's take the list of all the things you could look at on a computer and narrow it down to the top three. CPU, memory, and disk. Let's start by understanding the powerhouse of your computer, the CPU. It's the brain, the decision maker, the multitasker extraordinaire that makes the computer do what it does. The CPU is at the core of every operation and its performance can make a world of difference in your computing experience. As a central processing unit, its most basic function is to do exactly as it sounds, process. The CPU is the component that processes or computes every instruction sent through the computer. So we know that the CPU is one of the most important components, but what makes a good CPU? Clock speeds and cores play a pivotal role. Clock speed is like the heartbeat of your processor, determining how fast it can process instructions. And the number of cores? Think of them as the CPU's team, working together to handle multiple tasks simultaneously. Each core can handle exactly one instruction at a time. Now, it typically processes instruction extremely fast, but it is one instruction at a time. To illustrate this, go with me to the grocery store. It's Sunday afternoon, and there are a lot of people buying the groceries for the week. If there is only one checkout line open, the line to check out can get very long, and it sometimes seems like a painfully slow process, even if the checker is doing their job very well. With the same amount of people, if they open multiple checkout lanes, everyone gets through faster because they are able to process multiple people's orders all at the same time. It's the same speed, but the faster throughput because of the ability to multitask. In the same way, a computer with more cores can process more instructions more efficiently. As a user, finding the right balance between clock speed and the number of cores is key. It's all about optimizing for your specific needs, whether you're a gamer, a content creator, or a multitasking pro. While we're talking about multitasking, cache sizes and threads also contribute to a CPU's prowess. No, not that kind of cache. The cache is like your CPU's short-term memory, storing frequently accessed data for quick retrieval. And threads, particularly in CPUs with hyper-threading or SMT, enable efficient multitasking. But how much cash do you really need? Let's break it down. Think of your CPU as your personal chef in a kitchen. Their cash is their spice rack. The more spices they have on hand, the quicker they can whip up a delicious dish. And threads? Well, that's like having sous chefs to handle multiple recipes at once. They can always run to the pantry to get what they need, but it's faster to have ingredients on hand. Likewise, it makes processing more efficient to have a short-term memory of data that is needed frequently, rather than having to go to the long-term memory to retrieve it every time. You will also want to make sure that your processor is new or relatively new. Computers can be cheaper when they have an older processor or a processor that's been refurbished, but the length of time that the CPU is expected to function 
As intended, it's about five years from the launch date or manufacturing date. After this time, things begin to wear out. For example, if you were to choose a car to drive across the country in and your choices were a new vehicle made in the last year or a car made in the 1980s, you would probably be more likely to choose a newer vehicle because it would be more reliable. Things aren't as worn out. Now, with older processors, they may not have even been used, but the resources needed to support modern software advance so much each year that a five-year-old processor may not have the resources available to be able to keep up. To put this in perspective, let's compare human years to computer years. One year for a computer is approximately 19 human years. So by that math, a three-year-old computer would be approximately 56 human years, middle-aged but still keeping up. Then a five-year-old computer would be approximately 93 human years. It's going to be slower and things aren't going to work as well as they once did. In summary, what do we want to take away from this? When you're looking at the CPU of a computer, you want to check out the processing power. Look at the cores, the model, the clock speed. Make sure they will meet the needs that you have for the computer. Second, make sure that the CPU is new, not refurbished. Finally, do your research. You're not alone in this journey. Let other people's experiences help you in making your own decisions. Now let's talk about memory. Memory is like the short-term storage of your computer, allowing it to access and retrieve data quickly. It's where your active tasks and programs reside, and its efficiency can significantly impact your computer's overall performance. Not all memory is created equal. We have RAM, or random access memory, and storage memory, like your hard drive or solid state drive. RAM is the speedster. It temporarily stores data for your computer to access quickly. RAM memory is fast but volatile, meaning when the computer is turned off, the RAM is deleted as well. Functionally, RAM acts as the bridge between the CPU and storage memory, facilitating quick access to data when needed. When it comes to RAM, size and speed matter. The size determines how much data your computer can handle at once, and the speed dictates how quickly it can access that data. Striking the right balance is crucial for optimal performance. For everyday tasks, 8GB to 16GB of RAM is usually sufficient. However, if you're into resource-intensive activities like video editing or gaming, consider 32GB or more. And don't forget to check the RAM speed. A higher speed enhances data transfer rates. Storage memory, on the other hand, is the long-term repository where your files and applications reside. Think of RAM as your computer's workspace. The more RAM you have, the more tasks your computer can juggle simultaneously. Storage memory, on the other hand, is like your computer's filing cabinet. It holds everything for the long haul. Your computer can get to the information it needs, but it may take a bit longer to find. Random access memory is for active programs you're currently using, while solid state drive or hard disk drive storage memory is permanent storage for things you might need later. Now let's talk about storage memory. We need to address the difference between the traditional hard disk drive and the solid state drive. Traditional hard disk drives are like old school record players, reliable, but slower. On the other hand, solid state drives are the sleek modern equivalent, faster, more efficient, and they don't have as many moving parts, which means that they don't break as quickly. For a snappy responsive system, consider a solid state drive for your operating system and frequently used applications. 
You can still use a hard disk drive for bulk storage if you require larger capacity without breaking the bank, but we recommend a solid state drive for the whole computer. Hopefully that clears some things up. Thank you for listening today. If you have any comments or questions, please leave us a comment down below. We answer all questions. If you found this content valuable, please like, share, and subscribe. And until next week.